Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Well, if you read the news or you see anything on TV, if you watch Planet Earth, which is a fascinating show, especially to watch with your kids, the subject of climate change is going to come up. I mean, this show covers it so very well at some of the things that we are destroying as a race in our planet. But how do you bring these things up with your kids? How do you not cause them the anxiety that you yourself might be feeling? Well, today we're going to get some expert advice on that from Dr. Aperna Ball. She's the medical director of community integration at UH Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital and an Associate Professor of Pediatrics at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine in Cleveland. Dr. Bull, I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm going to jump right in with my first question because I have anxiety about the climate and we have a lake house and I notice if the lake is getting a little more E. coli or getting a little dirtier or I'm seeing it and I watch these shows, my anxiety. I don't want to reflect my anxiety to my children but it's almost hard not to. What do you want us to know about talking to our children about climate change without making it seem so scary that they get as scared as we are? You know, I'm glad you asked that because this phenomenon of climate anxiety is real. It affects us. It certainly affects our children and may affect our children the most because they're thinking about the future and the world they're going to inherit. And sometimes kids can feel as if they're not empowered to make a difference. And so that anxiety can be even more heightened. So I think it's really important to frame these conversations really thoughtfully. Um, And, you know, I think telling children the truth is really important, but framing with truthful hope is also really important. And so I think a few um, a few things that I like to think about when I'm talking to my own children, or may I, maybe I'm talking to a family in my care um, who ask me questions about this, um, a few things. First of all, we have the technology, we have the ability to act on climate right now. Secondly, So many of the things that we can do to protect our planet and to ensure a healthy climate in the future have immediate health benefits right now. They're good for us. They make us have a a higher quality way of life. Another thing I like to say is that I point out to my kids, what an amazing group of young leaders we're seeing all around us. We're seeing them on the news. We're seeing them in the media. We're seeing young leaders really be brave and bold and speak up about climate action. And they're making a difference. They're getting the attention of policymakers. They're getting the attention of the public. So I think we're seeing a a momentum towards a tipping point that we need in order to ensure a healthy planet for the future. So I I have a lot of optimism. And I think that infusing that sense of optimism and a sense of empowerment in our young people is incredibly important. But but that needs to be done in a truthful way, Not, not, not to sort of cover up their reasons for anxiety, but to say, yes, this is something to be concerned about. And hey, there's something we can do about it. The stuff we can do about it is good for us. It's good for our health. And we're poised to do that. So that's kind of how I think about it when I'm talking to my own young children. Well, that is really great advice. So when we want to discuss these things with our kids, and as I mentioned in my intro, Planet Earth is a great way. I mean, that show really shows you things and shows you changes. And they are it's science and fact, and you can see it. When kids ask us for the facts, they can be overwhelming. How do we arm ourselves with the facts without overwhelming our children? I think 
the facts are really important. I think when we're thinking about facts at a planetary scale, that can be really overwhelming. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to make kids understand themselves, their lives, their communities in a planetary con- on a planetary context. That's why I love shows like that. On the other hand, I think sometimes breaking down a large issue like that to make it local, to kind of focus on what's going on in our own backyard, in our homes. What are some things that we can actually do to make a difference right here and now? And how might those actions have an impact immediately in our own communities? I think that's something that kids can really hold on to. And I think it's important for us as adults too. That's great advice. So what do, what can we do in our local communities? I mean, our kids are, are using water bottles and they get plastic at, at McDonald's and they, you know, there's all these things that we're doing that seem insurmountable or hard to eliminate. Or if we were to take small baby steps with our kids and getting them involved, even little kids, what would you recommend we do? I think there are things we can be doing in terms of our own choices as individuals and with our families. And so that's one topic that I can talk about for a minute. And then there's some also really powerful things we can be doing as parents, as families, as children, even to be advocates in our communities and beyond. So around the personal choices, um, you mentioned disposable items and consumption and this culture of consumption that a lot of us are experiencing. It's not great for our mental health. It's not great for our well-being. It's challenging for families in a lot of ways to live that way, but it sort of feels um, feels like a like sort of a prevailing culture a lot of the time. And so that c- culture of consumption and talking about it and trying to make choices that get ourselves away from that can be healthy for a lot of reasons, right? We can talk to our kids about what really matters, what's really important. Is it a thing, buying another item that maybe we don't need and ends up in a landfill? I mean, those are meaningful conversations and also have a planetary impact. So this time of year around the holidays is actually a great time to talk about that. I'm thinking about service and experiences as substitutes for consumption. So that's one small thing. Um, We can talk about things like energy efficiency. This sounds like an abstract topic, but kids really get it. I mean, things like turning lights off or using more efficient light bulbs or insulating our homes when we're able to do that. A lot of communities have programs that assist families with weatherizing, um, can make your home more comfortable, can reduce your electric bills, is absolutely great for the planet, is a really impactful intervention that's having an, uh, uh, making a difference not just in our neighborhoods but on a planetary scale. Those are things kids can understand. We think about transportation. I mean, the more time we sit by ourselves in a car, the worse it is for our health. It's not good for the planet. So talking to kids and making lifestyle choices that allow us to take public transit or walk or bike or carpool. Um, That builds our social network. It also decreases our carbon footprint. It's great for community. So those are some things that that I talk about with my kids and they they enjoy it. They get really into it. They love biking to school, for example. Um, Another topic might be the way we eat. So making choices about more plant-based foods, um, eating less red meat is a great, you know, attainable intervention that a lot of families can make that can be good for your bottom line, but also great for your health and great for the planet. So these are very attainable choices we can be making in our homes that also lead to some really meaningful conversations with our children. I love all those ideas. What a great way. And and it's also a great way to bond with your children. And I think nature, walks in nature, camping, showing your kids, planting trees, planting a vegetable garden, those kinds of things are also great ways to help. So now the kids, they see these youth that you discussed at the beginning. 
And they see that this is, and we're not getting political, but they do see that it's a hot button issue. They see that that people are actually arguing about this. What do we tell them about that? How can we say, well, do people have differing opinions when a lot of this and we're discussing facts and science? What do we say to them, Dr. Bull? I think you're getting to a, a broader issue, this, this situation that we're finding ourselves in where facts and opinions are becoming blurred and that the way that we talk about these topics in civic discourse is just becoming confusing for everyone, especially children. Like, are there two sides to a story when this is a a proven fact? There are two sides to a lot of stories. There are more than two sides to a lot of stories, but there are facts. Facts are facts. And we as pediatricians operate in a realm of facts. We need to be clear about where the evidence is and where it isn't. And when it comes to climate science, the evidence is very clear. So I think really helping children to understand that when there is a lot of sort of heated language and conversation around topics, especially if there is a a sense of mistrust around factual information, that's really anxiety provoking, I think, for all of us and especially for kids. So whether it's climate science or other facts that have become sort of fodder for this kind of discourse, I think it's really important to have those conversations with our kids like like, let's talk about what the facts are. And we always encourage healthy disagreement about matters of opinion, but it's important that we have an understanding of facts and evidence and trust experts around topics like these um, and not sort of uh, believe that, that every, every narrative is equally valid when it comes to facts and evidence. Very well said. And that's really excellent advice. So finding hope. We, we also want them to feel positive about the world that we live in and about the things that are possible. And, and they see people like Greta Thunberg, who's 16 and she's traveling all over the world responsibly, sustainably, and mobilizing millions of people to just wake us up and raise awareness of climate. I want to give our kids hope, Dr. Bull. I want them to know what a beautiful planet that we have and that we can go to space and that we can go under the oceans and do all these wonderful things. What do you want us to do as far as all of those things? How can we lift them up? I think there are a few different ways of answering that question. I, I really believe that that sharing with children, um, even young children who may not have seen on the news what's going on with some of these youth activists, to really open up those stories for our kids and talk about them and, and really talk about, you know, what, what an impact a, an activist like Greta has had, but also other um, young people. You know, think about American youth activists who are from indigenous communities, African-American youth who are from communities who may have been at the receiving end of environmental injustices, who are rising up to speak for their own communities in the context of climate action. Teenagers, even younger than teenagers, all over our own country who are really having such an impact, not only around climate action, but a whole host of other issues important to kids. So I like to remind my own children how powerful their voices can be when they use their voices for good responsibly in in fellowship with other people and look at how these children are doing those things and getting the attention of policymakers, the public, other kids, communities, nations. So I think it's really important to lift up those stories for our children, remind them how powerful their voices can be. Um, And I think another, another part of this answer goes back to what we were talking about before is is really focusing on local actions and local impacts. And the fact that they can educate peers, they can educate 
family members. They can educate teachers. They can make choices and show by example some things that we can be doing to be responsible in our own communities, in our own homes. And those choices have real impacts that we can see around us. So to really focus in on those local actions and local effects so that they can understand that taken collectively, those make a huge impact, not only in terms of their direct environmental impact, but in sort of the example and education that we're offering to others. So I think offering examples for action, local impact, sharing with them how powerful they can be by really lifting up some of these examples of youth leaders around the country and around the world. I think those are some ways of of sharing hope. And I also think our actions as adults to show them through example, what kind of advocate am I? What kind of a teacher am I? What kind of choices am I making? And am I explaining those to my children? I think they need to understand that we, we have their back as adults. This is the planet that they're going to inherit. And I want to show you that I and so many other adults get that, and we are making some choices to ensure that we're protecting a healthy planet for you. So I think sharing those actions, explaining them, and then allowing them to make some of those choices and explain them to others, those those acts can be really empowering for kids. Rock on. You gave me chills just now, Dr. Bull. As we wrap up, resources. I personally like rainforestalliance.org, and I also have shown my kids the Environmental Working Group, just because that shows you some of the things that plastic is doing or, you know, single use plastic, that sort of thing. Do you have some resources that you for parents that you would like to recommend or some thoughts to finish off this great episode? This such important topic for parents on how to talk to our kids about climate change. Sure. Yeah, I really like the examples that you shared. Um, They have some really practical examples of some things that we can be doing and learning about. Um, One thing that can be really helpful is there are some different examples of online carbon footprint calculators that um, I think kids can enjoy kind of seeing like what are the things what are the things in our lives that are having the biggest impact? You know, roughly speaking, our carbon footprint can be broken down into where we live, how we get around and what we eat. And to really see that visually is, is kind of eye-opening for a lot of kids and families. So to try to do that for your family or for yourself online can be really helpful. Um, there are some good resources that are AAP resources. Actually, I think that our policy statement on climate change, it's kind of broken down on healthychildren.org, um, has some really nice information um, that is accessible for parents if they're looking for ways to talk to their kids. So um, those are a couple examples, and I like the ones that you shared as well. So give us your final thoughts as a pediatrician, as an expert on what you want parents to take away from this segment, things we can do right now today to help our kids understand the changing climate, to help ourselves re- you know, release some of that anxiety, to get involved, to make a difference. I think the first and most important thing that I want to make sure I say um, very clearly is that climate change is primarily, in my mind, a child health issue. We can think about it as a planetary issue, as an ecological issue. It is all of those things, but fundamentally, it's a health issue, and most importantly, it's a child health issue. It's the children, um, the children whose health is most profoundly affected today and in the future in a very real way by climate change, and actually children's health that is benefited so profoundly when we act on climate, both immediately um, climate actions benefit child health and far into the future. So I think it's important that parents understand that and think about climate change in that kind of way. It breaks down what seems like a complex issue into something that's really relatable. And it's and it's true. Climate change is a child health issue. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing um, is, again, to 
really think about the fact that we know what we need to do to act on climate. There are choices we can be making as individuals and as communities, um, but we also have the tools to take, uh, make bold policy changes, to transform to a clean energy economy. We have that technology. We, all we need is a political will. Um, and I think we should feel hopeful that the rising tide of youth leaders, the growing number of policymakers and the public that are understanding climate change as a health issue, that's hopeful to me. And I think that the power that we can have as parents and the power that kids can have themselves as examples and as advocates is something that we're seeing shining through more and more. So I, I think really keeping it factual, keeping it local, helping kids to understand climate change as it affects their own community and their backyard, at the same time sort of seeing themselves in a planetary context, but allowing their actions to really be illustrated on a local level, level and to help them understand how powerful they can really be. Um, I think those are some things that I hope every parent remembers when talking to their kids about this tough topic. I hope so, too. And you've given us so much to think about, Dr. Bull, and so many really good local ways for us to get our children involved and ways to discuss these things and to use facts. And you're right. It is about our children's health. That's what it's about. And this is their planet and this is their future. So it is so important, parents, that we discuss this with our kids in a rational manner and the way that Dr. Bull has told us today, and the AAP does have a policy on it. You can see that at HealthyChildren.org, their consumer-facing website. And you're hearing about this here on Healthy Children at RadioMD.com. You can also listen on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played. But please, share this show with your kids. Share it with your teens. Share it with other parents that you know. Share on your social media because that way we are all learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics together. And they have our children's best interest at heart. That is what they do and they're the gold standard at doing it. So please share this show. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.